All right, episode one, The Movement Athlete. This is finally happening. And I want to start this thing off right by bringing on my co-host, John. You guys know him as At The Movement Journey. You definitely follow him on Instagram. We know he's really mobile, incredibly good looking, and his wife's an amazing cook. But outside of that, how much do we really know about him? So we really dive deep into his journey in this episode, no pun intended. Also, John's a, a trainer in person, but we talk about bridging the gap between working with clients in person and online because John's been crushing the remote space. So if you're a trainer trying to make that transition to the online training platform, we have a ton of entrepreneurial advice on this episode. So be sure to have a pen and paper handy. Without further ado, episode one. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. You are the best movers on the planet. So bro, what kind of muscles you have? No. Bro, what kind of patterns you have? We're here to fuck shit up. All right, this thing should be recording. We are finally doing this. The Movement Athlete. I'm here with... John Lindsay. And I'm Dr. Wes Hendricks. And episode one, we had to bring John on. So John, thanks for being a guest on your own podcast. I'm excited. Thank you so much. We're on my uh, back porch in Savannah, Georgia. Excited to uh, chat and get the podcast started. We're bundled up. It's kind of cold. It will cold. Like we have people listening in the Northeast and it's like, Probably like mid forties, but dreary. It's a dreary mid forties. So. I'm wearing socks, so that's how you know it's cold. <laughs> is this the uh, first time we've hung out since the I Love the Lindsay's gathering? This is definitely yeah. It's uh, this that was December 11th, and it's uh, early February now. So we've been married a little over a month and a half. You guys, now I don't want to give you too much credit, but I feel like you guys crushed that wedding. It was a that was, was that? All, that was all me. I mean, I did all the planning. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was all Caitlin. She's a, a planner by nature. So she did a phenomenal job there. And it was an awesome group of people that were there, obviously. so Honestly, at the, the is it a reception? Is that what it is? The reception? The, yes. Party after? No, no, the, not the reception. The a ceremony. Prior? Oh, the ceremony, The yes. ceremony, man. Like, oh, I, that was I feel awesome. like I haven't gotten emotional since seeing The Lion King. And I almost got emotional. That's one of those things, like, every time I've been to a wedding, like, when that moment happens, like, the bride walks down the aisle, and I'm, like, kind of looking around, like, why does everyone get him? Like, <laughs> now I totally get it. So wow. I think every wedding I go to from here on out, I'll probably be a little more emotional during that moment, too. Or you so can, like, relate to them more. I can now. relate much better, for sure. So I haven't told you, I haven't told you my funny story that I've definitely really relayed to a lot of other people from the wedding. Okay, I'm excited. So... so what, what 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 did we call the event the night before the wedding? It wasn't the rehearsal dinner. Uh, welcome party. Welcome. So, yep, the welcome party. Steph and I are at the welcome party, and we don't know anybody else there. Um, so I'm like, Steph, stay near me. Don't leave me to talk to anyone. Um, they make the announcement the food buffet is out. I blink, and Steph is gone. She, <laughs> she's, like, attacking people to eat the food. Um, so I'm just standing there by myself, and all of a sudden I just hear some somebody go, I think you – I." They go, I thought you would be bigger in person. And I'm like, uh, and I kind of look around and I was like. I'm trying to guess who that might have been. And I was like, I was like, what? And then, so then this person says it to me again. Yeah, Instagram makes you look bigger. And I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm kind of going in between your drunk old man, keep walking. And who is this? Am I on camera? I'm thinking of two possible people. Am I getting like tricked or punked here or something? And then instead of introducing himself to me, he grabs the next person that walks by and goes, do you know who this is? This is Wes Hendricks, local Instagram celebrity. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Eventually it turns out to be John's dad. Okay, it was my dad or my friend Caleb Smith. Those are my two guests. (laughs) Yeah, but it's John's dad who, your parents were awesome. I need to give them a shout out. They, They crushed it at this wedding. But yeah, that's how John's dad introduced himself to me, and I'd never met him. The I probably had the well, most. Fun. It sounds like he never actually even introduced himself to you. Yeah, he just eventually learned who he was. I just figured out through like maybe you came over or there your was mom. enough hints where you eventually <laughs> got it. Yeah, he probably never introduced himself. And then the next night, actually at the wedding, he he confided in me that one of his main hobbies are raising bunnies. That's that's very true. Yeah, he has like a sustainable garden in his back in our backyard where he raises bunnies any scraps from the garden he feeds the bunnies and then the bunny shit becomes the manure or the fertilizer for the garden so it's like a wow. never-ending cycle and that he, he has, has he been doing this like all your life or is this like uh, oh life? yeah 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 he when we 
when we lived in South Carolina, he had a huge garden in the backyard. We moved to Georgia, and it probably took him like two or three years to get one going. But I mean, yeah. So as long as I've known him, for sure. Uh, once, once him and I got a few drinks deep at the wedding, it went from he raises bunnies to him and I were going to start an underground bunny fighting ring, kind of like chicken fights. <laughs> but underground bunny fighting, I think there was even discussion that we were going to give some of the bunnies performance enhancement uh, supplements, and we could kind of rig the bunny ring so we could bet on the, the bunnies we knew were going to win. It, it got pretty out of hand, but he was a – I, I kind of see where, like, after meeting him and meeting your mom, it explains so much more about you. Like, I feel like – which is also a good segue into early life for John. What, what, what was that like growing up? Did Like, have you always been interested in, you know – I don't want to call it movement when you're five years old because it's not movement or training. It's just being like physically active maybe is a good word. I, I don't know what it is, but were we always interested in not sitting still? Uh, yeah, definitely always interested in not staying still. I mean, my parents, uh, they didn't have to push sports on me by any means, but they definitely encouraged sports. I have two brothers, and all of us were definitely encouraged to play sports from a, a pretty young age and also active in other ways. Like they would take us – on camping trips multiple times a year, um, made us stay outside. Uh, very rare now that kids have to go outside, but they'd be the type of people where on the weekends they're like, all right, come back inside when it gets dark. Come back and go away. Um, no TV until it gets dark, that sort of thing. So definitely push physical, physical activity. Um, and then as I got a little older, played soccer in high school pretty competitively, was big into that. Uh, definitely started to get into – a general kind of bro style lifting in high school as well through going to like the local YMCA and also uh, the weight training class in, in high school as well. You guys had a so, weight training class in high school? You didn't? I don't think I did. No. I thought that was like standard. I got my understanding, that's my like public school standard was across. Oh my gosh. Yeah, wow. you were. I missed out. Um, Sorry, right, I was going to my local YMCA, so I was good. There you go. Yeah. So no, that was like uh, everyone had to, I think, I went to two different high schools, but I think at all of them you had to take a PE, but a PE could be like kind of traditional PE or weight training. Um, So every guy took weight training, obviously. Um, But that was definitely my first like intro into training. Okay. Yeah. And so did you continue to be interested in weight training outside of the forced curriculum in school? Uh, Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I mean, I was, I think my, intrigue into it was like that's definitely like so you you're girls. you're 15 16 years old like that's the guy thing to do mm-hmm. it's vanity reasons obviously so you can impress some ladies um also like it's just seems manly like oh i need to get stronger i need to look i want to beat some people up get yeah, some yeah, girls yeah, yeah. i, I need, to I, need to I need to get the six-pack abs i need to i'm going to daytona beach on spring break <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta get the body looking right that sort of thing so um but I was always like very into like working out, like just even like I would do the weight training class and I'd go to the class at school and take a weight training class. But I'd always be interested in like, okay, what does like programming look like? Like I would, this was early age, so, like, early stage internet. So okay. I'd kind of look stuff up and be like, okay, I want, what are some good ab routines? Yeah. I want a six pack abs or what are some good... What's Chest. a good like bench press workout? Yeah, I yeah. Wanna, so I'd always was interested in like, and whether I knew it or not, I was always interested in how do I program to get better at X, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So at an earlier age, it was definitely more vanity reasons. But uh, we were still interested in kind of this, we could call it this process at an early age. Yes, totally. totally. Okay. And then it conti- did it continue on to college then? Um, yeah, definitely. I think as I got into, I have a bachelor's in exercise science and a master's in sports medicine, uh, the science of sports medicine. But when I started college, I don't know what, I think I was like a undecided at first. And then I was a business major. And then I was, I thought I wanted to go to nursing school. And then I thought I wanted to be pre-physical therapy. Um, all over the place, huh? And then, but when I was Technically thinking I wanted to be pre-physical therapy, I was in the kinesiology program by then. Okay. And then I was like, okay, I want to do exercise science and more training-related stuff. But even, like, starting freshman year, I was always working out myself and always interested in, like, okay, how do I – whatever I'm working on, like – and at that point, I kind of started to get into 
we'll call it a more well-rounded routine, not just vanity. I was like, I want to get stronger. So how do I incorporate getting better at squats, deadlifts, more lower body stuff? So um, to answer your question, yeah, I've always been kind of into the, the process of whatever the end goal is. I'm still kind of like, I like what you just said, but I'm still hung up. Like I got stuck on picturing you being a nurse. Oh my God. So, <laughs> out of all the professions that you listed, I can't imagine you being a nurse. Well, I think sometime someone told me, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was my mom or maybe, I don't know who it was, but it was like a decently paying job where you could kind of pick and choose your own hours and you could live anywhere. And I was like, that aspect of it sounds cool. <laughs> that sounds cool. And I actually went to one, like, before I was even, I actually got accepted into the nursing program. But before I even, like, took any class or anything, you had to go do a certain amount of volunteer hours. And the first day I went, I went into this room. <laughs> Basically, my only job was to change the linen baskets. And I went into this room, and this the woman on the bed was like, I mean, it had to be six or 700 pounds. I don't know what her issue was. I go into the bathroom where the linen basket is. There's just like this nasty green diarrhea shit oh. in the toilet. Um, I changed the linen basket. And when I walked in, I didn't actually see who it was. I didn't realize you didn't until make I eye walked contact. I kind of just like beelined it for the bathroom. Like and then when I walked out, want to look at the person next to you. Then when I walked out, I looked at this person and saw who it was. And then. After that, I kind of beelined it for the bathroom, almost threw up, and I never went back to volunteering. So <laughs> I get the, the nurse dream John's didn't last career. very long. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have the stomach for it, that's for sure. Wow. So. Okay. Well, that, that's why I couldn't picture you being a nurse. So I, now it at least makes sense that you were like, oh, this sounds like a cool job if I have to have a job. It was more what I thought the perks of the job were that sounded enticing more, the more than the actual profession. Shout out to all the nurses that do it because I couldn't do it either. Yeah. So... What do we do now for a job? I am the so my main job is I'm the fitness director at a place called the Ford Plantation, that is just south of Savannah, Savannah, Georgia, and I'd say like eighty to eighty-five percent of my job duties there are personal training, training the clientele there, and the other fifteen percent is uh, kind of general gym management and fitness event coordination, um, that sort of thing. Sounds like a a really interesting job. Like, how did you end up in this position? So I, when I was in grad school here in Savannah, Georgia, I was the head trainer at a very similar club uh, just north of here in South Carolina. And after I graduate, graduated from grad school, I was honestly like thinking, okay, I definitely have to move somewhere to find a lucrative job. Um, but this position came open and I just so happened to bump in to a friend of mine who had heard that it was the job was open and my boss at the time just highly recommended me and it kind of uh the stars aligned and that's how i got in there so how long have you been there now? uh may will be may of 2021 will be six years so it's been quite a while wow that is a decent i don't think i've ever had the same job for six years definitely the longest job i've had and that's for sure so um but that's my main job and then i also do Obviously, some online stuff, uh, a lot of mobility programming, pre-made programs, uh, individual coaching, uh, that sort of thing. Okay, this is this is a good pivot point here because you know I want to continue to talk about your journey. I keep saying no pun intended, but we we brought up your other job. I don't even want to call it a side hustle because it's it's a pretty big deal what you're doing. So let, let's pivot into this because um, I think a lot of trainers are going to be interested, especially you know post COVID. Um, Reddit's taking over the world right now. We need a we need a backup plan, you know. So a lot of trainers are trying to get on, into the online space. So I think this is a good time to talk about it because, dude, you are. Have you reached a hundred thousand yet? I might by the time this comes out. Yeah, so. yeah. Literally by the time this is out. Oh, by the time this I'm, by the time this podcast is done recording, John could be at a hundred thousand. Forget about <laughs> when it's released. But I remember when we first met. You know, you were at like seven thousand. Then all of a sudden, one day I looked. You're at like nine, and then I blinked, and you're at like twenty-five. I was like, "Is this son of a bitch paying for followers?" And it's all <laughs> organic. But was there a was there a post that you were like that just one day it just sent you over the edge that you remember that was like, "Whoa, I got a thousand likes on this post!" Like, or was it just this cons consistent effort over time? Uh, it's more consistency over time, but it's there has been there have been a few posts here and there that 
definitely uh, have been more have translated to more follows than others. Like anytime I post anything like Dragon Squad oriented, that tends to be pretty well liked. Um, anything that for people that seems impressive from a hip mobility standpoint seems to be pretty uh, seems to do pretty well. So I've had, I mean, I don't know, ten to twelve posts that have really kind of blown up in that sort of way. Um, but more than anything, it's just consistency over time. And when you set out to like to start posting, whenever it was, and we'll get into that a little more pre the movement journey. Um, but when you started out, like, were you just one day like, I'm going to start posting every single day? Because for the most part, since I've known you for the last, you know, three plus years, you put out a post almost every day. Um, I don't think I started doing that right off the bat, but I think I just, uh, as Instagram got bigger and bigger, I think. And I probably started posting like uh, just before we probably met, probably just a few months prior to that. And I think I just got to a point where, all right, I work in the fitness industry. So many people are doing this. This is clearly like LinkedIn. This is a thing. Fitness. <laughs> I mean, it's probably LinkedIn for a number of professions, but it definitely seems, seems so for fitness. So, you know, I just started posting stuff. And the, I think the more I posted, the more I realized, oh, I've got a lot of content I can I can put out. So I don't know if I was posting once a day um, right off the bat, but I definitely got to that pretty quickly. Um, you were at least doing four posts a week. Right yeah. The during bat. the, I try to post every single weekday at the very least. So, okay. and I've been doing that for a while. I feel like now you can maybe back off and be like, Hey, I'll do a post on a Wednesday. and It's going to crush it all week. But at first, especially you got to be doing it every single day. Yeah, totally. It's a uh, consistency. And I think it's not only does it, bring traction to your page. I think it makes you better at whatever you do too, because yeah. you're putting yourself on the spot and you're having to create content. You're having to put yourself out there for maybe some positive or negative feedback. So it's uh, whatever your craft is, you're going to be better at it because it's more in the public eye. So when you do posts or when you would plan posts, or, or <laughs> that's my next question. Would you plan them out? Would you like do a week's worth of posts ahead of time? Or would you just be like, Oh man, I did a dragon spot today shirtless. I'm going to post this at five o'clock. Um, nothing. I go through phases. Sometimes I, right now I just plan the next day's post the night before. That's it. Um, and I think it's, that seems to work really well just cause, uh, maybe I'll have done something cool in a session the, the previous day so I can, I can throw it in there. I have in the past planned out 10, 12 posts at a time. Okay. Um, but I've, uh, I've honestly kind of just gotten lazy. So I know I, can, <laughs> I know I can commit to writing up at least one post the night prior. So um, I just try to stick to that, and I think if you do write out a ton in a row, it's good, but you might do something awesome or have some sort of what you think is like a groundbreaking thought, and you're like, oh, man, I've got to film that video, and you want to get it out there. So uh, one a day, just planning one the night prior seems to work really well for me. I've been doing that for the past six months, I think. And have you kept up with, like, so when we started posting on Instagram, there was no stories, reels, videos, TV. Uh, like you keep up on top of that or for the most part you're just like I'm gonna do my own thing um I keep on top of the easy stuff so like oh, IGTV right. to me seems I mean I could probably I've never utilized that um but like stories are always easy reels are new and they're so easy um and they've I've gotten a lot of traction from those I think those have been okay. around for like four months maybe and I mean, they're super easy to post and I've definitely gotten a ton of traction from those. So if it's an easy new feature, I'll definitely use it. But if it's a little more tedious, I might not. That's fair. How much, you know, and apparently you're getting a lot of traction with, I don't want to say very little work put in, but you haven't like, you're not researching the intricacies of Instagram on a daily basis. You're just doing something consistently over a long period of time and it seems to be working. Yeah. I think uh, quality content done consistently is that's how it goes. Like that's uh, that's who, who I would want to follow, and I think that's um, it. Seems like the best way to get traction too. So it's, it's authentic. What yeah. What about us? So this is one I'm always asked, and I never have an answer. I'm just like I don't, you know, when trainers or uh, yeah, trainers. I was gonna say athletes, but trainers. Trainers ask me when they're trying to get started. They ask me on what should I do for hashtag and when should I post timing. I'm like I don't know. It doesn't matter. I but. But obviously, I, I'm trying to break the 10,000 mark here. You're about ready to break the 100,000 mark. So for you, what is the uh, – do we pay attention? Do we care that much? Uh, I just post in the morning, and it's just because my full-time job, I, I get started early in the morning, so I just post just before I kind of start there. And it's 
um, that's worked well as a good time. So yeah, no science behind that. I've used this and I don't even know what my hashtags are. I've used the same one since <laughs> probably the past, since I've been posting, I've probably used the exact same hashtag. So if you want to steal those, just go to any post of mine and, and take them. That's fair. So when you first started posting, did you, were you, and it's a little different now because Instagram wasn't that big back then. So you didn't have like these burner accounts of people that were like, I feel like people have gotten way meaner in the comments. Oh yeah. Uh, but like when you first started, did you care what people thought? Like, would, like, were you like, Oh, like, is this, is this post going to be good? Like, are people going to tell me I'm like, did you almost have that imposter syndrome when you first started? Um, I think I'm, I mean, when you first start, you're following, you're following, my following was so tiny. It was just like people I already knew, like mm -hmm. knew personally. So I think if anything, I was like, oh man, friends of mine are going to be like, oh, the new fitness pro is not like <laughs> just the like uh, kind of casual jabbing from like guy friends. That was probably, I wouldn't say I was like worried about that, but I was expecting that, I guess. But I mean, as I've gained more followers, I definitely, I've had a few negative comments here and there, but it's, uh, I don't even. I don't even care. If it's something that really irks me, I might delete it real quick and then it's just out of sight, out of mind. I like that. That's actually good because sometimes I've gotten comments where I just sit there all day and I'm like, that motherfucker. <laughs> no, so, I just delete it and move on. <laughs> I like that. So so that that takes me to the next question. Do you, at this point in time too, at approaching 100,000, like the amount of comments some of your posts get, like do you read all the comments? Like can, can you read all those comments sometimes? Um, I mean, I, I, I do, but I mean, it's, it's, if they're good questions, I definitely, I love to uh, re respond, give advice, or even take suggestions if people are giving that. But yeah, I mean, a lot of times they're oh, I love that irrelevant emojis, so they don't need a response. Um, and I mean, if I have time, I'll, I'll definitely make time for for good questions on, on, on a post. So, uh, so DMs, as of right now, it's not overwhelming. DM, same thing. I know we were talking earlier about the amount of garbage we get of people offering us business coaching or to increase our following but for, what about dms do you try to respond to most of, like the intelligent questions yeah if it's a if it's a legitimate question i will try to respond but if it's just a like comment or something or like you mentioned a clearly like robot thing obviously i'm not gonna <laughs> respond to that but if it's a good relevant question um i i always try to try to respond to that I, I at least try to take one or two days a week in the afternoons and look through and just see what i can answer okay so I think this is a good pivot point to go to our guest question because it's pertaining to Instagram. So let's pull up the guest question here that you get to answer. Okay. Oh, this is a uh, recorded question. This is a recorded question. Oh, nice. If I'm going to play it, let's see if it wants to work for us. Technical difficulties. John and I always struggle with new things. Like this will this. be the worst podcast. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> it's fine. From a technical standpoint. Okay. So basically, because it's quite impossible. I should have prefaced. This is John's lovely wife with a guest question here. oh okay <laughs> i knew that voice sounded impossible to embarrass john i just think that um we'll make everyone chuckle a little bit so john i would like for you to share a little bit about who you were before you were the movement journey um specifically share your former instagram handle and maybe a little bit um of detail about the types of things that you shared back then so yeah, what what was the original Instagram handle name before it was the Movement Journey? So it was uh, actually just prior to the Movement Journey. I think it was John Lindsay Fitness for okay. for maybe a month, and I didn't like that name. But prior to that, it was Big Nasty John. Big Nasty John, okay. Which was like one of my AIM screen names back in the day. So, um, <laughs> and she's mentioning what did I used to post? I used to post like, and this was prior to Caitlin and I even dating. Uh, I would post my food pictures and I would always hashtag it chill ass meal. Like that was my thing. <laughs> and I always honestly thought I was like, I'm going to like create a following doing this, but then it, it never went viral. Like the dragon squad. So. No, 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 it never popped off. So I think it was my, <laughs> the looking back on it, it was the, uh, my, I actually saw some, I don't know what we were looking at, but I think I saw some photos the other day and the plates I had when I was like a bachelor were like the most gross, like, Pea green color, so I totally get why they weren't uh, what, why uh, aesthetically wasn't... pleasing to everyone. So, yeah, but that's actually another good point. Not to not to circle back to the Instagram stuff because I think we talked about it enough. You've been doing this for a while, like you've been at it for a while. You've been at the training for a while too. This isn't something 
that happened overnight. And I think we talk about it a lot too. And you get questions like, did you do yoga growing up? Were you a gymnast growing up? Um, you're, you're obviously very flexible by nature. You know, you, it just comes easy to you, um, which I don't think the case is at all. No, I mean, I couldn't, uh, I think one reason I like mobility work so much is because I used to be so stiff. Like I, uh, I can remember in high school soccer and even, even in early college, I couldn't touch my toes. Like you do the, uh, like kind of the bullshit warmups before a sporting, a sporting event like that. And you'd be like, all right, touch your toes or get as close as possible. Cross one leg over the other, do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't get, I was probably six or eight inches away from touching my toes with my hands. So, <laughs> so um, coming from that to now, he can bring his head to his toe. Clearly not gifted in terms of mobility or not naturally flexible by any means. No, and I even, I mean, I went through phases in, especially because I did a bachelor's in exercise science, like, and you have stuff in textbooks, like, all right, the proper amount of stretching is three rounds of 30 seconds, <laughs> like... And so I would try all that stuff and it would, I go through like three months phases, phases where I would stick to it um, pretty consistently and I'd make no progress at all. And I'd always be like, well, I guess I'm just not naturally flexible. Like that was always the, uh, and even like trainers and, in, and professors I had then would kind of say the same thing and just be like, yeah, you know, everyone's like, they didn't really have an answer. They would just be like, everyone's got different genetics. You're probably just not flexible. So not flexible. I just kind of took that as gospel back then. And then eventually, eventually found a good path to actually make some progress. And to think, you know, if you would have just given up and never, never kept stretching or found a better way yeah. to do it, you would just tell people now today, hey, I'm just not flexible. You're just not, yeah. Just give it up. <laughs> so it's just funny looking at your page now to be like, yeah, John just wasn't flexible. I really wasn't. Like, couldn't squat. Even with a, like, 225 on a squat bar, I couldn't get my thighs past parallel. Like, my hips wow. were so tight. So you like the hips of, like, a 50-year-old man. Yes. <laughs> All right, so it seems like a nice segue. It's not like we're going in any sort of chronological order in this podcast. Just whatever whatever comes to my head right now. So let's, we're already talking about your mobility. Let's talk more about training. Um, and specifically, honestly, the last, you know, how, how long have you been in this type of training? The last four years, let's say? Yeah, I mean, I got into... Did it even start before, like, all the Edo stuff with FRC? I was kind of making my way there. I mean, my first, like, intro to, like, mobility work was... Uh mobility-wide, like Kelly Starrett stuff back in the day. Uh, and that was probably, I was probably, I'm 32 now. That, I was probably 25, maybe 24. Okay. Um, and that really laid the foundation for, it was okay stuff. It's not the best. I would definitely use other techniques now, but it definitely laid the foundation for making time to do mobility work. So that definitely kind of created the habit of, all right, we're doing, this isn't just a warm-up before a workout. We're doing a mobility yeah. session. So, um, But from there, I went to FRC, and I think I went to FRC maybe five years ago now. It was probably, or maybe four, maybe 2016. Sometime in 2016, I think I went to FRC, and that was a few months prior to that. I had really read a bunch of blog posts and had a pretty decent understanding of like the basics with that and was playing around with the cars, the pails and rails, the uh, basic kind of base positions, like 90-90 for the hips. So um, I think just before going to that certification and after was really when my personal mobility started to ramp up. And then from there, uh, started like reading Ito's blog and shortly after that met you and kind of found out how uh, that sort of programming went down. And um, yeah, it's been kind of on that similar path since then. Since 2016. Well, it's funny because we've known each other for a while here now. And I feel like it's, I reached out to you on Instagram. I dropped into your DM. Uh, slid right in. <laughs> slid right in. Um, and it was because I had just moved to South Carolina. I went on the FRC website because I had taken a bunch of their courses. I had registered as like a provider, because I thought somebody in South Carolina would find me through that website. Obviously not. Uh, <laughs> but when I when I looked at who the other providers were around there, you know, there was like three. One was in Hilton Head, one was in Savannah, one maybe was in Atlanta. And I messaged everyone. You're the only one that responded to my message. 
Um, and I just like introduced myself and then you were like, Hey, like I was, I at the time was posting like crappy handstands on my page and you're like, Oh, I'm so jealous of your, your handstands. And anytime anyone would ever come and talk to me about my programming, you know, and what I was doing, I was so passionate about it. I'd be like, Hey, if you're interested, I'll just give it to you. And I must've given my program, you know, to 10, 15 people. And I, I gave you the same offer. I was like, here's this program. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And to your like, whatever, you're the only person that did it, um, which I thought was awesome. And that, then I remember you messaging me like a couple months later, you're like, Hey, I've been doing this for like three months. Like what's next. And I'm like, I'll give you my next program. And you just kept doing it. You're the only person that took advantage of this free, free programming or free advice I was giving you, which I thought was pretty amazing. And then even after a few months of you continuing to follow that program, I remember you sent me a message. You're like, Hey, I would love to like come hang out with you and like get some training in with you. Cause you know, we're only like 90 minutes away. And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, and I remember like, what, what did you tell your now wife that we, cause you brought her along and you spent the night at my house, but we had never met. Like what, what, what did you tell her? How did you get her on board for this one? I, I don't know what I told her, but I think she got it. Cause she knew, she had seen me like doing this training and like was clearly really passionate about it. And she, and we had been together probably, if not a year, almost, we were definitely living together at the time. So she knew how passionate I was about a physical practice and doing it. And she had seen like what I'd been doing the past couple months. And she, I can't remember exactly, but I think she was totally fine with it. She was like, Oh yeah, you're clearly into this. Like, let's go learn from someone who's a little bit better than you at it. And, uh, and let's get better. I think it's funny you mentioned that I was the only one that stuck to the program. Cause I think that speaks to two things. First, <laughs> my frugal nature. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Oh wow. Free programming. Like I have to stick to this. Like this is awesome. Um, and number two, I had been like, I knew I had been like trying handstands, trying stuff on the rings like just kind of seeing people execute movements online, but not just trying to do the movement, not trying to learn the process of how to get to the movement. And I think finally seeing stuff laid out, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. So I think because I had failed at trying to essentially skip ahead without doing the process, I was like, when I finally saw the guide, I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Like, which makes which so much sense. I think it's awesome that you're like, I found this, you know, I found someone that maybe I could learn from. And you're like, I'm going to go stay, like, you just were like, Caitlin, we're going to go stay at this random guy's house I met on Instagram. We're going to spend the night and I'm going to work out with him like four times over the span of like 24 hours. And she came along, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I think speaks something to, first of all, how awesome your wife is, but, but also just like the dedication and the enjoying the process. Like you enjoyed it that much that you were seeking out other people to learn from, um, which also, we're talking about training here. I got a bunch of good questions on Instagram. So let's answer some of the questions here. So we've got NJ Keen. And normally I would think this is someone from New Jersey, but I specifically know this is one of my remote clients. So I cherry picked people that ask questions in the comments. I met him. I think that. Yeah, Nigel. Nigel trained with us. Possibly that first. No, it wasn't the first time. No, I it was came, one of the was, times. Uh, I think I came for a day trip once. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, N yeah Nigel yeah. trained with us. But yeah, if one of my clients is asking a question, sorry, you guys are paying me. I'm biased. Sorry to everyone else. <laughs> Nigel asked short and long-term training goals. This is a good one. I want to know your short and long-term training goals. Um, short-term goals are uh, my current mobility practice. Like are. I do one day of front splits, one to two days of middle splits, one day of bridge and one day of dragon squats. And you can definitely say I have all those movements, but I just want them all to be cleaner, more refined. Um, so just subtle advancements on those uh, longer term goals for the front split, especially I want to be able to slide into it and then return to standing. Um, and I'm, I'm making progress on that, but that could be a longer journey. Uh, eventually I'd like to, for the middle splits, be able to, to do from, from standing feet together, do an eccentric all the way to the floor. Um, for the, would we return back to the starting position or is that just even, that'd be crazy? a longer, longer goal, I okay. guess, but, uh, <laughs> they're just sliding down, down to the floor seems like a long-term goal, goal, but more attainable than coming back up too. So that's fair. 
for the bridge, I'd like to eventually do, I don't know what you would call this, but essentially a back, a floating back walkover, I guess, where you're, you're in a bridge and you're just able to shift your weight, your chest over top of your hands and your legs just float off and over. There is no so kicking no with momentum. Okay. Um, and for the dragon squats, just uh, multiple reps, shoulder taps uh, with, with, with greater consistency. I like this. So then I got another good one. Um, I actually don't know this person, so um, I, I didn't choose all my remote clients here. But Lady 20 I like that Instagram handle. She asked, biggest nemesis in flexibility. So I'm, I'm interpreting that as what's, what have you struggled with the most in terms of your training? Um, early on, hamstring. But I think I just really kind of beat that like a dead horse and it's now one of my strengths uh right now and hip flexors you could say the same thing about but right now it's something that always has been an issue with me is right hip internal rotation um but i've made a little bit of progress with that the past couple months uh it can hinder middle split progress so um but i've made some progress there but that's still if i had better right hip internal rotation my middle split would probably be a little better so that's probably Okay. My biggest nemesis at the moment. See, I, I wouldn't have known that. So I actually learned something there. I like that. So, you know, the, the funny thing is, you know, seeing uh, Instagram, you know, we do the lives, you know, we do, you do your, you don't do that much like talk, like most of you, all your videos are training outside of our lives where we're drinking wine. But for the most part, you seem pretty like low key chill and you are for the most part. But I think what people don't see, and I've seen it when you and I have trained, because um, when you and I train, we don't really talk. We're just in the same room and we're working out together, but we're doing our own thing. Um, you're pretty friggin' intense. Like you, you, like not intense, like powerlifting intense where you're screaming, slapping yourself, but like I, I've caught you talking to yourself and like kind of talking yourself up kind of like, all right, let's go. I got this. Like wh whatever that self-talk is, but like you're intense and you're in the zone kind of. You're, you're there to do to put in the work or whatever. And I think that's something that people don't see how hard you actually work because you just make it look like it comes so easy. And we talked about earlier already, the, the um, people just assuming you're naturally flexible, but like you work your freaking ass off in these sessions. Um, I don't really know where I was going before I even had a point. I just really wanted to give you credit on that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I think uh, you kind of have to do that if you want to make really good progress. Like you can have the, the most perfect tailor-made program for you but if you're not if you're not kind of pushing yourself if you're not like mentally talking if you're if you're doing a movement where you kind of have to be really strict in where your body positioning is and you're not kind of talking yourself through that prior to trying to execute it you're not going to get the most out of it so i mean you can kind of think about it people that are kind of from more traditional weightlifting like maxing out on a squat and a bench press thing or bench press, think how like in the zone or hyped up you would get prior to that. Like a lot of the movements that both Wes and I do, like you have to be, you have to kind of bring that intensity. Like it's, it's whether it's uh, something front split oriented or it's trying to do some higher level pull up variation. Like you've got to, you got to be focused and you got to be ready to, to really put in some work. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I think I do do a good job, like being very focused when I when I am in a session. Like it's, but that's because I want to get the most out of it, and that's how you get the most out of it is you're you're focused and intentional with with the training. Yeah, being present is a huge thing. Like if you're not mentally there, especially like the one I noticed it with, and you probably too, is handstand push up work. Oh yeah, that like, was kind of what I was thinking when I said like uh, prior to executing the movement, you're really thinking like, okay, make sure elbows come in, you're shifting the yeah. body weight forward, like. You're not just banging out reps, you're banging out quality reps. Yeah, like not to, like I think like there's a, a tremendous value in like, you know, deadlift squatting and all that stuff too. Um, I utilize a lot of it, but like the amount of awareness or presence or in the moment you have to be with something like a handstand pushup or a lot of these movements, especially at first, be, like, you know, now the like- The complexity of the movement yeah. is far superior than a than bench press or another- a common pushing movement. Yeah, especially things that you can, the the bear. I think the, I think what it is is the barrier to entry. Anybody can walk into the gym. Unfortunately, they can perform a crappy squat, 
and you just think squatting is easy. But I, I think back squatting, for example, or whatever, there's so many layers and the detail is so much more than that. But somebody that has no understanding of it can just do it. You unfortunately can't walk into the gym and just drop into a middle split or hop up into a handstand. There's so many layers you have to peel back to even get there. So I think the awareness in there is so much more. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's what also kind of makes it fun. There's so much going on in our day to day that like to be so engrossed or so involved in something mm -hmm. is, is like almost a nice break from reality kind of oh, to, totally. to a certain extent. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not a very, I mean, I relatively get super stressed, but I mean, just with general work, you can like, you'd just almost rather be doing other stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's not that you're stressed about something, but you just like, oh, I'm, I'm ready to have fun. <laughs> and like, for me, if I've got a 30 minute, 45 minute break at work and I have like an awesome dragon squat session where I get like three or four really awesome reps, like that's just that so euphoric. Like that's so, okay. so much cooler than if I were to have that little bit of a break. And I was like, Oh, well let me go do a bunch of lunges or something. Like it's just, <laughs> Some not, burpees. yeah, well, there you go. Uh, it's just not the same same rewarding feeling so okay would you say you like the process or the the result of the process more um that's a good question because it's i think i almost get every like like let's take the dragon squad for example like every like little bit of forward progress i make whether it was getting the full movement or getting like being able to do it off a box that's 12 inches from the ground, like every little bit of progress almost feels the same. Like when you do finally get the movement, it feels almost the same as where I was a year ago, still making progress. So I think just continuing to see that you are hacking away at something when you eventually get there, it kind of just feels, it's like another, all right, what's next? Like, yeah. like what's, it's always what's next. So it's uh I guess to answer your question. I like the process. But, yeah. I was going to say, so. it sounds like you like the process way more because I think that's like building up to something like the dragon squat or like the one arm chin up, like you hit all the achieving those milestones along the way are more satisfying in my opinion than reaching the end goal because it feels like you're getting closer to this thing. But then once you achieve the thing, what do you do? What's the next thing? Like immediately, or in my case, in some of the things, I don't know about you, it's almost kind of like, I don't want to say depressing, but it's like, Oh, I achieved this yeah. thing, you know, it was almost so the anticipation of the thing is more exciting than the actual thing to a certain extent, which is why like, I think you got to like the process more than the, the results because you're either going to accomplish it or you're not. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Totally. Um, which also makes me wonder, do you take on goals that you think when you set them, you're not going to accomplish it, but you're still going to work towards it anyway? Or are you like, is there no doubt in your mind? Um, I don't think I ever have the mindset of I'm never going to get this. I think I do have the mindset of like, I don't care how long this takes me. Um, and I think with a lot of the strength stuff, that's the case is because I, for whatever reason, I'm, I don't know if it's I'm more dedicated or I'm better at mobility work. Uh, but I struggle way more with strength stuff, like one arm chin variations and push pushups. Um, I'm better with at the lower body strength stuff, but, uh, but I still, I still plan to hit those goals eventually. It's just, and I think if you have the mindset of like, Oh, I'm never going to get there. Like yeah. you'd probably be a little more lax with your training. So, um, I would never feel like that. And I think you see so many people like I'm 32. I think you, it's so nice to see people on Instagram that are way older than me, like yeah. getting these drills. Crushing so like the it. thought that I'm getting too old to get them never creeps into my mind. So although they might not be short term goals, I never think I won't get to that long term goal. Okay. I like that. Yeah, there's so many people. Like, I can think of a few people that are like in their 50s that I follow them. You know, they're still doing handstand push-ups and like working towards stellar presses yeah. or press to handstands. And some learned when they were in their yeah. like late 40s. Yeah, they started in their too, late 40s. So, so like, we always get the question. I'm in my early 30s. Is it too late to get flexible? Or one of those yeah. questions. And it's it's definitely not the case. Um, which is just reassuring too that we still got. Oh, totally. It's not like we're at the we're in the back nine of this, and then it's we're gonna have to take up golf or something next. Yeah, I think when I first really started getting into this, I'm like, oh, I'm already like in my mid twenties, late twenties. Like, I'll be able to do some stuff, but like, who knows how long I'll be able to do this? But now I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, like people started. <laughs> yeah, they're twenty years 60s. older than I am now. So <laughs> who knows what I'll be able to do? So it's uh, it's cool to see how 
uh, just see all that out there and see older folks like getting after it. So, so I'm excited to just keep the process going. So in terms of enjoying the process um, or this, you know, kind of, we could call it a quest maybe, like where, where does like, where does the interest in things like, you know, you're eating liver in the morning, you know, the raw liver, you know, you're doing the ice baths. Um, what else have you done that would be considered weird that we could think of off the top? You know, um, fasting's not weird now. Um, yeah, I do do. I mean, I do, like during the week, I'll do 20 hour fast every day. So okay. that's a decent amount of time. Some people might find that. Some people are usually shocked by that when they explain So that where does this come from? What What's the, like, what's the point of it all? Um, Is there a point? Does it matter? You know, I always tell people, I'm like, I really enjoy my life and how my body feels and the research and information is out there to help you feel younger for a longer period of time. So why not and be healthier and live a more and have a greater longevity in your life. So why not take advantage and do it? And I, um, I mean, I just, I like being healthy and I like the, uh, idea of, like we just said, being able to train like we are now into our mid 50s, 60s, 70s, who knows when. So, um, the training is one piece of it, but general lifestyle practices like sleep, uh, nutrition, uh, cold exposure, fasting, all those things are beneficial tools to um, increase your body's likelihood to be awesome for a longer period of time. And that's, I mean, that's important to me. It's, it makes life cooler. So it sounds like you're really just trying to get the most out of it for what you can, but you, enjoy, once again, you enjoy the process. It's fun for you. You know, you're not, it's not, you know, you're not forcing yourself to get started. You're not like, Oh, I got to go do this middle split session or, Oh, I'm going to try to force myself to eat liver. Or, oh, I'm going to hop in my face. But, and all this, like you enjoy it. So it's fun. You know, obviously it's benefiting you as well, but also the cool thing is all this stuff is accessible to like everyone. It's like, with everything on the internet now, Instagram is amazing. You know, it's not like we were talking about before at breakfast. It's not a mastermind course that you got to pay $10,000 to, you know, take. Like, you can start stretching and working towards middle splits by just going on YouTube. It's all accessible to you, which, like, I think people get really hung up on because we always get the question of, you know, how do I get started? What, what should I be doing first? And it's like anything. It doesn't really matter. Drink some water. Go stretch your quad. Even do the the stupid stretches that you know you brought up that you were doing in high school that you couldn't touch your toes. It's totally. It's still something. You're moving in the right direction. Something it's, is better than nothing. Yeah, create the habit. I mean, if you don't currently have a physical practice and you want to do mobility work, just create a create start taking time out of your day to be active, and then eventually over time, if you if you really want to dive in deep, start paying for programming or doing more research on YouTube, uh, all that stuff. Like just start committing the time. Like that's the, that's step one. Like I think it's just people run into this paralysis by analysis thing where they, they need everything perfect prior to get started. But if we, if we look at your journey, your journey, once again, it's, I keep using the word journey here. Um, you said quest earlier. I quest. That doesn't move the quest. Does it? That sounds like a video game. <laughs> that probably is a video game. I'm sure it is. But if we look at everything, you know, when you started, you know, Instagram, you know, it clearly wasn't perfect. You started once as Big Nasty John and you were posting your meals on a, <laughs> a grungy plate. And, you know, and you thought that's how you're going to, you, I don't want to use the word Instagram famous, but like that one never took off. But you started back then technically on your, your quest, we'll say, to like uh, trying to reach more people through health fitness. Same thing with your training, you know, and started with FRC. And then we continue to peel back the layers and we kind of go deeper and deeper there. So I think it's just start doing something and it's, you're, you're going to advance it as you become more interested, but like just freaking do something. I think that's the best advice. I think it just comes, I, I think it comes down to if we could summarize your interview in one word and why you've been so successful is consistency. Consistency, I think is at the, the base of everything you do. You just, you, you decide you're going to do something and you freaking consistently do it um and the results speak for itself yeah totally it's uh and you know sometimes that's my my biggest enemy for progress <laughs> is because i absolutely hate taking rest days like it's so tough for me to uh -huh. take and i'm sure we'll talk about this in future episodes when we're really kind of diving deeper into programming but 
I almost can't take a rest day. Like I enjoy training so still. much and I, yeah, I can't sit still. Um, which is a big benefit for staying consistent. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but so, it does come back to bite me every now and then. So I, I don't know what I'm going to call this section yet. Um, I'll throw it up on Instagram and see if people are more creative than you and I. Um, but it, some, some questions that we can finish off the episodes with. So the first question I got for you is worst Instagram fitness trend that you've seen? Worst? Uh, yeah. So let me think about that for a second. Worst There's a Instagram lot of fitness trend? Um, that's so tough. Uh, <laughs> stumped. First, first guest on the podcast is stumped by our first ending section. Um, or just something, even in maybe not a specific trend. I'll, I'll give. I'll th throw you a bone here. Maybe just something that annoys you on Instagram. Uh. You know, I will say this. I'm pretty good about only following pages that I really like. If I don't value their information, I just do not follow them. So, so you don't even have to see all these. I know pages. I don't see these things, and I rarely ever go to like the Explorer page or anything. So okay. I, but I think something I hear just people, and I see this just in, and this is something I believe too, is that like you need to be in neutral spine like all the time. Okay, like that's uh, the most beneficial way to have a for back health, uh, to have a healthy, to have a healthy back for like your entire life. Like you need to be in neutral spine, this perfect posture all the time. And I used to think that all the time, like I was like, okay, gotta be like upright all the time when I'm sitting upright all the time, when I'm doing all these movements and stuff. And it's really not true to have a healthy spine. You need to be moving your spine frequently. So, uh, that's probably my biggest thing I have. And people always, any like, general like <laughs> i'm picturing like a hit instructor like uh -huh. is like okay like don't make your don't let your background when you're doing x like make sure you stay up tall like when you're don't let your back round when you're squatting like any movement don't let your back do this that and the other and it's at the end of the day this the, the spine is uh so many vertebrae and they all need to move so that's something huge that i think both of us learned from like Ido Portal mm -hmm. that a spine that moves well just makes everything else in the body work better. So lately, probably people really reinforcing neutral spine would be the. Lately people have been re that re reinforce that, you know, or just moving in a hip and hip hinge pattern. I've started to see these people as like Lego figures. Like they just move like a Lego. Totally. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I see in my head now. Um, okay. So I like that one. Yeah. It's very, it's weird. If you don't have like a spine that articulates well, it does make you sure. You move in like this like weird like robotic way. It just yeah. doesn't look fluid. It doesn't looks like someone that can't dance like myself at, at your wedding. <laughs> um, okay. So I like that one. That was a good one. And then the other one I got, and I'm sure these questions will evolve too as we get better at this. Uh, Faye shoes, yes or no? Fee you? Yeah, is it I can't even say I say Fee you. Fee you. I'm I'm a big fan, yeah. That's okay. a huge fan. Um mm -hmm. Yeah. So he, he says a yes for this one. All right, perfect. So we're, we're going to call it here at that. I think this is a good place to end. Um, John, you crushed episode one. This was a, you started off right here, I'd like to think. Cool. Uh, yeah. The I first of many. First of many. All right, signing off here.